He's blonde and bitchin'. She's sporty and sassy. Together, they're perfectly imperfect. It's Jesse and Jenna's messy podcast. Cheers! <laughs> Welcome, everybody. It's the Sound Off Podcast. It's the Sound Off Show. We are going completely live. And if that's not dangerous, check out the guests we got today. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, man. <laughs> How are you? Oh, you know, we're good. It's a little sticky out here in Ottawa, but getting through it. So the first question I wanted to ask actually goes to Jesse. Were you were you peeved that I just brought Jenna on the podcast the first time out in 2018? Or yeah, did- I was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very jealous. It's a sibling rivalry we've developed over the past five years. So yeah, just today even, uh, we had a listener reach out asking for my address because she wanted to send me a card. And Jenna's like, this bitch, first thing I wanted to say is where's my card? <laughs> it was my birthday like a week ago. His isn't until September. So yeah, very jealous. But thank you for asking me this time. Happy to be here, even if it is with her. It would have been a little suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> so let's roll it back to September 2018. I, I thought the uh, Ottawa Citizen headline was hilarious. The ruthless restructuring that, that took place at Chorus Ottawa. And then you found yourselves out of work. I think you had a, a fan base, a developing show. And next thing you know, you're replaced by a syndicated show out of the United States. And what happened to both of you after that? I think you heard a little bit about what Jenna's done, but what have you both sort of collectively done aside from creating this podcast? Well, we launched our wonderful podcast and we've just been trying to build it. It takes a lot of time and it takes a lot of effort. So um, I just did a little voiceover job today. Um, and you know, unfortunately I've found myself in the unemployment world again because of COVID. So I'm looking to branch out and try new things as well. Um, but that's kind of it, you know, plugging away, but unfortunately with COVID, it doesn't end with syndication and voice tracking. It didn't really open a lot of jobs up in major markets for us, you know, and I just turned 35, Jesse's 25. Yeah. And I just did, wasn't, I didn't want to do the nomad radio life again. So I'm kind of just sitting here and I, I picture radio as cyclical. So maybe it's not my time now. It doesn't mean it's not going to be my time ever or our time. Yeah, uh, that's a good point. I mean, we're, I'm jumping around now, but that made me think of a music director we recently spoke to who still works in radio. And they talk about how it's this industry-wide notion where they don't want colorful personalities anymore. Everybody just wants to play it safe and you know fly under the radar and, and make advertisers happy. And so I think we fell victim to that shift. And hopefully one day organizations will want colorful personalities back. And we're here waiting. And here we are with the podcast and also, you know, just being streaming right now and, and doing a whole bunch of other stuff. You guys have been working with, with Milkman from time to time on 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 your brand and keeping it out there. And I think that's why I know I teamed up with John. And what we've come up with is if you find yourself out of work in radio, here's a podcast, here's a platform. And sometimes people do it for three, four episodes and they find work or they do it for many. episodes. You guys have been plugging away now for a long time in this you are like 200 plus episodes in yeah and you know what the coolest thing about it is and the one thing that i will tell all radio people that are thinking about getting into podcasts is one you'll find that it's very hard to uh, to break your old radio habits 
to view your show as not a radio show. That's really hard. And it took us a very long time to kind of figure that out. And our podcast has evolved since we launched and it continues to evolve. We change format. We go with guests. We go without guests. Some may say it devolved, Matt, but you know, <laughs> to each their own. But it's true. If you go listen to like our first couple of podcasts, we're we're still teasing like we're on air coming up in five minutes. We're going to do celebrity headlines. And then you realize some people listen to this episode two weeks late. Those headlines are old now. And those were all the learning curves we had to grow through. So that's a great question. So how do you prep differently now for your shows? Well, you know, when it comes to prepping, that's a really hard question to ask because they're so different. You know, there's such different shows. We still continue to stay updated with current events, Twitter, but we've kind of taken a different approach. Before when we were on radio, we focused a lot on local, on celebrity, and now we focus more on something that we've kind of fallen into, which is sex. <laughs> you know, and that's what's so interesting. And that's kind of how we evolved. We started off with a celebrity segment with all that kind of stuff. And then eventually we figured out what worked for us, sex. And <laughs> now we've rolled with that theme and, and we're still evolving. We've got something really exciting that we're working on right now. Um, but yeah, the freedom of it is very refreshing when you come from an industry like radio where you're very, very restricted. Yeah, I kind of got an idea that that the sex thing was working for you, such as the titles that I find in some of the episodes, including anal dildos. Um, <laughs> it sells, Matt. Can you believe it? Sex sells. Oh, I saw the downloads on that. It was it was extensive. So what's off limits? Nothing. Yeah. You know, and someone recently asked us, like, what's the what is the theme of your podcast? Or if you were to describe it, do an elevator pitch of your podcast. You know, for us, it is talking about those very difficult things to talk about, those intimate things, but we do it in a lighthearted, very respectful, and from off, coming from us, honest, honest way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes we're even a little too honest. You know, my aunt said she was listening to it, and I went, oh my God, she's going to hear me talk about blowjobs. And now she knows what color vibrator you have. Right, exactly. Yeah. But I think that's where we're sort of outliers in the podcast world. And maybe, Matt, you'll tell me if I'm right or not. But I feel like because we started on radio and we're sort of a talk show, uh, it's not the same as someone starting a new podcast trying to find that niche. Okay, I'm going to do a podcast about baking, about fitness, about whatever. So when we try to identify, well, what theme is your podcast? This is the theme right here, bitch. You know, so like we make it fun and inappropriate and sassy. And uh, so I'd say like we're a talk show. And nothing's off limits. Right. Yeah. I would almost call it uh, your podcast. Yes, there's a lot of sex, but there's also a lot about lifestyle. I mean, you've had Leanne Lang on before. Um, she's been on this podcast. I noticed that you had, and I haven't listened to the podcast yet, shame on me, but you had uh, Tara Jean on. Yes. Yeah. And and so it, it's more, it's really just a big chunk of lifestyle. Yeah, it's very human interest. Honestly, we actually apply what we would apply to whether or not we would cover something on a break when we were on the radio. Yeah. You know, for us, it was always, okay, yeah, this is important, but how can we turn it to the audience and make them relate to it? And how can we make it important to them? And what we've learned, like with a lot of feedback we get from listeners is, thank you for talking about that because I always thought I was weird. Or I didn't know this is what being a pony or, a, you know, a puppy meant. Yeah. You know, and, and and people are saying as 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 often as they laugh throughout the podcast, they do walk away learning things. Yeah. 
believe it or not. That's something I'm very proud of us. And we've heard that too, is that we can tackle topics like organizational home experts and then a porn star in the next episode. And it doesn't sound like an awkward transition for us because it's not, it's real life. We all have to organize our bookshelves and we all want to watch good porn. So, <laughs> you know, we make it work. So I think we had had the discussion at one point, but you know, I was listening to some of your earlier episodes and I think we might've landed on something a little difference between you know, doing a radio show and doing a podcast. Each episode is really a giant break. Yeah. Yeah. And over the course of, you know, four hours and four hour radio show, you'll do what, seven, eight different bits. But I think that's why people are reaching out to you and saying thank you is because you're taking these bits that, you know, you used to be forced to get it done in about two, two and a half minutes, or it was considered to be too long. And now you can do 25 minutes on a particular subject. Yeah, and I think that's the advantage of working in Top 40 Radio or working with Talk talk Radio as well, is it is just as hard to carry on an hour conversation about a topic as it is to take a topic and get the valuable information out. And in our former job, we were given even less than two and a half minutes. Two and a half minutes was way too long for us. So to be able to trim the fat all the way down and make an awesome break where, you know, your competitor is talking for 10 minutes about the same subject in circles... That is also a talent too. So throughout our experience, we just took those and combined them and, and figured out how to, to stretch know. it out. Like now that we have that skill, it helps when talking to a guest for an hour to know when we've you know exhausted the topic and move on to the next question. You've heard podcasts, I'm sure, where they just go in circles and circles. And next thing you know, it's two and a half hours and it could have been 30 minutes. So I, I like that we have that skill too. Why hasn't someone hired us? <laughs> That's another question that I've, I'm going to ask you. I mean, you, you say you don't need to, you know, travel around and be nomadic about the whole thing, but well, we know, would. Are you, any, <laughs> are you getting any nibbles? I did at the beginning. I, I had like an audition in Edmonton. Um, I actually had a job offer out in the Cayman Islands, um, but I just didn't feel like that was the right position because I felt like that would because at the Cayman Islands I think I could have only worked there for two years I believe so I would have went there for two years on a radio station where no one in Canada is listening to it I felt like I would have disappeared and I would have just came back two years later and been back to square one again so let me hold you on that a little bit because that's come up in my life a little bit where you get offered a job but then you're going to have to stop doing what you're doing now and then in two years, you find yourself out of a job. And then how do you restart that? Yeah, exactly. And especially when you take yourself out of the Canadian market. It's, and I don't know how. What about the live? Pardon? No, I wanted to ask uh, Jesse about the live component and, and your, your comedy that you've done. And you've got some other things that you do live. And you're very well networked in Ottawa. Yeah. It, that would be hard to give up. Well, that's it. And so, you know, everybody tells me you really should move to Toronto or New York or even Montreal where the entertainment seems bigger. But to move there, I'm just another gay that wants to be famous. You know, at least in Ottawa, I've got something started. So I try to expand on that snowball. Stand up comedy is going great. Um, I did have a couple nibbles on two other stations here in the market uh, last summer. They both put me on air for six weeks. And then, you know, I got the talk that the consultants listened in Toronto and I wasn't the right fit. 
well, why'd you have me on air for six weeks then? You, you know, they heard me on our former station for years. So you'd think they would have already know what I can bring to the table. So that's a, a big mystery for me is why these consultants decide for stations that aren't even in the market who's a fit and who's not when they don't know how well connected somebody is to the community. So thank you for saying that. I detect also that there's been for years in, in Ottawa, and especially when you guys got laid off, that you know th that the market gets treated differently. It's very close to Toronto, but it's kind of like, you can't give us a break. I've worked in, uh, well, I've worked, the only other major market I've worked in is Vancouver. But what I noticed about Ottawa is Ottawa, even though there's a million people here now, it's still a very small town state of mind. They're not very um, open to change, hence why the number one station in Ottawa has been number one for so long. When we would run into people and ask them, why do you listen to them? Because they were a top 40 station too. They go, well, I've just always listened to them. So I've just never thought of changing. It, it's a very conservative population here and they don't like change, but it's also very there's a lot of people that come in and out of the city. So it's hard to, I think, transient generate. Yeah. yeah transients and it generate any sort of loyalty. Loyalty. Yeah. I mean, it's, you kind of have both things. Um, I know what you mean about not liking change. And that's why I'm so proud of last week. Jenna got recognized at the grocery store <laughs> from our radio show. That's now we're going on almost three years out of the game. And it's like, people still remember and still say, I can't believe you guys aren't on air and all this stuff. And that makes me so happy. It's kind of bittersweet. Cause again, why won't someone hire us? But um, yeah, it's it's awesome that people still remember and Ottawa likes what they like. So just talking a little bit about Ottawa, because I live, had the chance to live there for a couple of years. Uh, when I was young, I was actually 14, 15 years old, but that hasn't changed about Ottawa. It's still very transient. And a lot of, if there is change, it's generally because of voters. Right, and I think too with COVID, if you go downtown Ottawa right now, it is a ghost town. If those government, federal government employees aren't going to go back into their offices, then that's going to drastically change, in my opinion, the radio landscape here in Ottawa, because that's a lot of listenership when people aren't going to work or, you know, when they're not taking commuting. Yeah. And Ottawa, of course, still has that stupid hit non hit rule. Yes. Yes. I just, just I, I know there's probably uh, Americans who are listening to this right now or watching and watching us stream this. And we're going, what are they talking about? So I'm going to explain it. So what happens is you have to take, you have to play 50% unsuccessful music on the radio. <laughs> stuff that is not a hit. And this is the rule for FM in Montreal and Ottawa. So you've got to play stuff that is not a hit. You can be the all hit station, but 50% of the songs have to be not successful. Now, I do believe that's not for every single top 40 station. I do believe that our per the percentage at the station we worked was a bit different because of something with a grandfathered in something. But I do remember that being brought up at some point. But even so, it does create, you know, a challenge for a lot of music directors. And I will say the last station we worked at, the music director was phenomenal at balancing that out in comparison to a lot of stations I listen to now in this city. So. You got to I mean, you, you got to be a good music director in Ottawa to, to do all that ca um, counting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is just math. Like if you've seen someone come up with the different categories and how they're going to rearrange their music, it looks like the Rain Man. <laughs> you know, like it's Rain Man stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
So talk a little bit about when the pandemic hit. Did your podcast change at all, uh, the, the recording arrangements or anything else that went on yeah. with it? Big time. I mean, we were going uh, to John's studio and recording three or four episodes in a whole day. We'd make a whole day of it. Um, and that quickly changed when we couldn't see each other or go anywhere. So we started doing Zoom and Skype. And that changed it because we were able to record every day if we wanted to. Like we didn't have to schedule because well, nobody had a schedule anymore all of a sudden. <laughs> but it made it so we could record one episode. It took an hour and then we could do another one the next day. So it was not as exhausting maybe, but uh, it was definitely a disconnect that we didn't like. We really didn't like it because, you know, we're basically sus Sisters, Sisters from another mister. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, it was really hard to get adjusted to that little delay you have. Plus, I was on the West Coast for the first two and a half months. So then you've got the three hour, what is it? Three yeah. hour time change. Yeah. So that was kind of weird, you know, for me, because I was always a lot earlier than with them. And But we worked it out yeah. and, and we do the best you can. I think right now you're going to see a lot of people, whether you succeed or not, is based on how you evolve during these different weird times. Yeah. One positive, though, that came from moving to Zoom uh, was we were able to attract some higher profile guests that we wouldn't have thought to reach out to. Like we had Kirstie Alley on the podcast because she was sitting at home with nothing to do, too. So we just thought, let's ask if she wants to do the podcast. And sure enough, she said yes. So, you know, it's like that Wayne Gretzky quote. What is it? You miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take. So. You know, some people would think a big star like Kirsty, whether you love her or hate her, uh, wouldn't uh, write back, but she did. Yeah, I find there's a contingent of people out there who will say, well, how many downloads is this going to be worth my time, blah, blah, blah. But then there's some people who will just come on the podcast because they want to be on the podcast. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, what else changed for me? Stand up. Oh, that was the hardest thing because I was really on an upward trend with my stand up. I was going to do my first headlining weekend in Toronto. Uh, March 13th. So of course that got canceled. That was the weekend. It all got shut down. So that really sucked. But uh, I got back out last weekend. I did my first drive-in show at Westy Clover Parks here in Ottawa. So we had a whole bunch of cars and they used honking instead of laughing. And you might think it sounds terrible, but it was actually pretty awesome. Unless you're not funny and you don't get any honks. <laughs> yeah. Turns out I like being honked at. <laughs> it was good for me. What about some favorite guests? You mentioned Kirstie Alley. Are there other ones that you've had on that uh, that you're you know still excited about? So let's say, and I want to ask this because for anybody who is coming into your podcast now, you're over 200 episodes deep. What are some of your favorites that we should start to listen to your podcast with? So one of my favorites, and this is def definitely a generational thing, like depending on your age, was Sally Jesse Raphael. Yes. You know, if you are born in the 80s, you spent a good time a good chunk of time sick as a child lying on the couch watching her show. So that was really fun because she was very open and honest. And, you know, she told us a few reasons why the show stopped going, what she wanted to do now while she's still able to, because she's like 80 years old. Yeah. So just catching up and hearing, it was very nostalgic oh, for me. And she's funny. She is quick, quick and funny. Like the first thing she said is, oh, I know what I'm getting into with you too. So like she did her research and everything. We were so starstruck with Sally Jesse. But Matt, you know who that is, right? Certainly do. She had the Thank big God. office and the talk show. I can't tell you how many people, usually under the age of 30, that we were like, oh my God, we had Sally Jesse Raphael on the podcast. And I go, who? And we were like, oh, just check us into the nursing home now. Well, you're 25 years old. So how do you know that? <laughs> well, you know, I want to be a talk show host. So I do my research. I know all the greats. <laughs> 
have you actually who have you asked to be on the podcast who has said no or not responded? Devin Sawa. Yeah, I hope he hears this. I'm going to tweet it at him. Me, him and I were chatting over Twitter back and forth. And I'm like, okay, now's a good time to just slide on into those DMs. He follows me. So it was easy. And he didn't answer because we wanted at the time to have him on because if you do follow Devin Sawa on Twitter, he's hilarious when it comes to dad stuff. So we wanted to have him on because this was the beginning of lockdown to talk about being a dad in lockdown. And he didn't answer my message. So I tweeted at him. I sent you a DM. He liked the tweet and then still didn't answer my DM. Shot down. How do you know that, that, that he's even reading the DMs? I mean, I've got some people I can't get into their DMs. I actually have to go through corporate to reach out to them. But maybe some people just don't pay attention to them. Yeah, I just feel like Devin Sawa like, isn't up to that much. He's Canadian. What else is he doing? I don't know. But who else was there? There was another one. Um, oh, because of Kirstie Alley, she talked a lot about her BFF, Jamie Lee Curtis, because they were on a show called Scream Queens together. So I sent uh, Jamie Lee all these clips of Kirstie saying how awesome she is, thinking that would like bait her into doing it. And no, no response from Jamie Lee Curtis. <laughs> that was maybe a stretch, but hey, like I said, you got to try. And so what do you have lined up for the next little while with the, with the podcast? Well, we're actually, um, should we tell them who we're interviewing today? Yeah, so coming out Wednesday, drum roll. Juicebox. So Canadian's drag race is coming. Canada's drag race is on right now. She was the first one to be eliminated. <laughs> but I actually think that's a distinction because you only remember the first one voted off and the winner. You don't remember who the fourth voted off was. At least no, I don't. I don't. No, you, you don't. It's actually a lot of a lot of reality shows are a lot like the NCAA basketball tournament, where like the first day is really exciting. You know, the first day you watch a, a few of the matches, and then you don't really pay attention to what's in the middle. But then you come back for the for the very end. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. So we're gonna talk to her, and we hope to have more contestants from uh, Canada's Drag Race. So that's super exciting. And then we're working on another thing that I don't think we're gonna. I don't know if we're ready to tell yet, but, but it's, it's gonna be a, a series. Yeah. It's important to note, though, because you mentioned it twice, that you're both still ready to work for radio somewhere in this country, correct? Well, and that's that's something that we've struggled with going down this messy slash naughty path with sex and some of the more controversial guests is, are we shooting ourselves in the foot with programmers not realizing we can clean it up when we need to? And you hope that the professional ones out there would look at our work and you know what we've done and realize we wouldn't have gotten this far if we were actually as drunk as we pretend to be. So, um, but you, you have to wonder, does that perception play into getting job offers? It's a good question. So I was actually, I was going to ask that. It's something we've talked what, about together often. We started off, we talked about it more so when we first launched going, is this when we were really thirsty, you know, for that new radio job and we're like, is this going to hurt us more? And then we realized that I, and just like Jesse said, PDs out there, consultants, all of them, like they're smart people. They know that we were on top 40 radio. We didn't have any big, huge, like scandals, scandals or anything. And as a matter of fact, like on our old station, we had to have what was called a mommy filter on. So if you're sitting in a car with your child and you cannot explain to your child what we just said in like a mommy safe way, then we, it was stricken from the record. You know, so we would use words like if we were talking about a penis, baloney pony. Yeah. Things like that. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> but it didn't always work. I remember one of the, the most outrageous complaints I got was on air. I used the word junk referring to a guy that got hit in the junk. And we got an angry letter from a mom saying, what am I supposed to tell my nine-year-old saying, what does he mean junk? What's junk? What's junk? <laughs> tell him it's a pile of garbage. Or better yet, have a conversation that if a man gets hit in that area, it could hurt. Like, <laughs> I don't know why we're so sensitive to talk to children about real life sometimes. I didn't know that I needed a dictionary to follow along with that. What was <laughs> Baloney pony, what? Baloney pony. Use your imagination, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's, uh, I don't remember what we were talking about. But that about. was a challenge in itself, was being able, being able to tackle those topics in like a kid's safe way, you know? So it was kind of refreshing and to be able to do that and yeah. know we can do it, but also know that we know how to push the boundaries in a classy way. Yes, we talk about some pretty grimy, down and dirty type of things, but we always do it, I find, in a very classy manner. Yeah, well, it's real. We're honest. Like we're, we're vanilla people. So, you know, sometimes we talk about things that are shocking to us and we're not afraid to be like, oh my God, why are you in defeat? You know, like it's gross. So we just uh, confront things head on. Wait, wait a second. What's wrong with feet? Uh-oh. No, like foot fetish. We hit a, ner hit a nerve. Yeah, but what, what's wrong with that? I just, feet, you either love them or you hate them. And I'm in the, I don't want to fuck with them category. Excuse me. I, I don't know. want to mess with them category <laughs> as we're talking about being on radio, <laughs> but it's been a long time and you can be a lot looser on the internet. Nothing's wrong with feet, Matt. I just don't want to suck on them. That's all. All right. Okay. Fair I, enough. I just wanted to know where, where you landed on this stuff. To be honest, there's a lot of money in foot fetish <laughs> yeah. video streaming. I bet you if we sh showed our bare little toes right now, you get more clear. Get some weird offers too. Yeah, I do know some guys who have who thought, yeah, she's really hot, and then the socks come off, and then they're they're out. Oh, yeah. Well, pedicures, pedicures are beautiful things. Yep. And but it's hard to know. And I wanted to say we kind of started together at the beginning of this. Um, what do we call it? De-evolution of wild personalities. My point is, when I won the talent search and started working at Jenna Station. I was told by the GM at the time, they want me to be outrageous. They want my stand-up comedy to be a shock jock, essentially. And then that, as soon as I did that, oh, now we got to pull you back and kept pulling me back, kept pulling me back until we were not even on air anymore. So, and I was fine with it. I'm an actor. I like being directed. I'll follow what you want me to do. I'll be a puppet. Um, but it's just, it was never good enough. It seemed they were changing the rules too quickly. And now it seems they've settled into this uh, very beige, bland territory. I'm not talking about our old station specifically, but just the radio industry. It's They're playing it very, very safe. I give a lot of thought to to radio and, and what's happening. Um, I'm listening a lot less now with the pandemic because I'm not in a car. I'm not driving anywhere as much anymore. If I do, it's, it's in the midday and I'm not listening as much in the midday because uh, I like to listen to morning shows. But one of the things I really concentrate on a lot is is the UX, you know, which is which is Silicon Valley for user experience. And am I getting a good user experience out of what I'm listening to right now? And I've got my radio show sort of honed down to my favorite talk show hosts and 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 a few others, and then a few other stations that I've sort of grown up listening to or have surrounded myself with. But you know, overall, the user experience is okay and you know that's about it you got all these other toys coming out there oh, i can rewind oh i can do this or it's packaged up or time shifted and you know radio 
is fantastic when it's live and it's fantastic when a lot of people are listening to it and it's a shared experience. But, you know, after that, it feels, feel lonely. I, feel, I think I feel yeah. a little forced too. I found that, uh, you know, when I started here in Ottawa, what was that, five or six years, five years ago, six years ago, um, six. it was very conversational radio. Before that, I was on a station in Niagara Falls where it was the Now FM from Edmonton format where you ask a question or pose a topic at the top of the break. And then throughout that hour, you go to listeners and that engaging content. That was fun. It, it was challenging. It was great. I brought that over with me when I was on middays by myself and we definitely brought that over. But then we saw other stations jumping on that train too. However, it wasn't any creative delivery. It was just a basic question with nothing behind it. You know, I've actually seen someone go on air and do a break that said, when was the last time you dropped something? <laughs> so, he, you know, no, you look at me and he laughs. However, that is a legit break I, I have heard. I know it is. And that's not even the worst of the ones. <laughs> I, I've seen even worse. And I get it. That's what you can ask a question like that. However, it doesn't just need to be a straight up, what did you drop last? You know, tell a story. Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Like make something up. Yeah. You know, exaggerate whatever story it is that you 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 did drop something embarrassing or you broke your toe or I don't know, do there something. There does seem to be an element of laziness now yeah. where it's like, that's a great example of tying it into a news story or a celebrity gossip is, oh my gosh, so-and-so wore a red shirt two days in a row. What's your favorite color shirt? Like stupid example, but like tie it into something. And I feel there's a lot of this, so... I want to know the last time you dropped something with no context at all. And it's extremely talented jocks that are doing it. And I'm going, is someone not pushing you? Is someone not sitting with you, air checking you all the time? Where is, is there a, a gap between, you know, in, in between you and your PD? Coaching. There's, where's the coaching? Right, yeah. right. Well, they're having a Monday show and it may not be Monday. And there should be no Monday shows. Right, right. I just felt like we always pushed ourselves really hard to find that other angle. You know, Ronnie Stanton was big involved with launching jump and he used to always say like, find that Spielberg angle. And, you know, we would do that. We would take a topic and we'd go, what's the typical question? Okay. Well, what other questions? And we'd basically put it on the whiteboard and write like five different angles off of it and try to find the most engaging, interesting, not common response to whatever that may be just don't want to be basic what kind of wine are you guys drinking during the show uh during our show whatever's the cheapest <laughs> usually red unless we have a multi-episode day then we sometimes go white so we don't stain our tea you know i we are definitely gonna probably look at wine sponsorships soon <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know that's definitely something that we've talked about for a while uh and you know are definitely thinking about doing that um, but yeah, for until then, it's all the cheapest. We're a quantity over quality type of people. Yeah. <laughs> these days. Safe to say though that if you you wind up with a radio gig, that uh, you know you come ready for podcasts, right? So people know what you can do in a podcast as well as you know what you can do on air. Right, and mm -hmm. video now. Where we could be a TV show too, Matt. We put it on YouTube. People have said they, some people that were loyal podcast listeners say they've started watching us on YouTube because they like to see our faces when we roll our eyes at each other and stuff like that. So we can do it all, which is why it's so frustrating that we haven't found a new home yet and that other than Blast the Radio 
and that, you know, um, we're still out here. I, I think part of what didn't sit so well with me in the restructuring was there was no explanation. And I know that's just the name of the game with radio, but I think in the city too, that's why they were all so upset is because nobody got an answer. What happened? Were our ratings bad? Did we do something inappropriate? Like there was just no explanation. Just thanks for coming out. Your mic's gone. And we followed the rules. We did everything we had to do, you know, and, and, that's I, just the and game. Jesse and I like as, as we have great chemistry. However, we're very different people. So my take is that it was straight up a business move, plain and simple. Listen, if you can't find the answer and you don't know the answer, right. the answer right. is money. If, if you would like to know the answer to just about anything, anything, you follow the money. Right. And that includes, you know, the Washington football team dropping their name. The Edmonton football team is going to be changing their name. You know, when people go, people might think, oh, well, look at the progress we're making as a society. No, follow the money. Right. Yeah. Everything right. comes down. Everything comes down to money. Whenever I get suspicious about something and you just don't know the answer and you can't see it, it's it's a Scooby-Doo mystery and you just follow the money and you will get your answer. Yeah. We've had a while to look our, our wounds and, you know, I've kind of, whether it's convincing myself or coming to the realization that I don't think it was personal. I don't think it did have to do with our talent. Um, I do think it was just basically like, let's shake up this market, a very boring, dull up market that we've just talked about. And let's do something that's never been done and see if it makes such a big splash that something sticks because, you know, they've been now in the market for six years and they need to take a bigger chunk away at the top. Do some people still miss the bear? Oh God. God, I haven't heard that one in years. But even when we worked in that building, you, we would get oh. listener comments and calls. Yes. Saying, bring back the bear. Like how many years later was that? Uh, four years yeah. into it. Someone said, where did the bear go? And I said, you're the reason that they're off the air. Yeah, <laughs> nobody listens. You do listen. You know, when you have a radio station that, that has branded really well on a particular spot in the dial, and then you go to try to change it it can be very, very difficult to, you know, to scrub away what was once there because people associate it with that part of the dial. And, you right. know, they tried to get rid of it once before and they tried calling it virgin and they had to bring it back as the bear and they, you know, tried again. And I think people in their minds think, well, that's where that's supposed to be. Right. Yeah. I will say that I'm very happy that I was a part of that experience, taking over a heritage station and flipping it into something completely different and kind of the complete opposite because man, the hate, it gave me the toughest skin huh. for those first few years there, especially being a solo jock. Then I had a woman literally harass me every day for a month on Twitter that I was going to lose my job. Um, you know, only for her to write back a year later saying, do you remember me? I'm sorry. I love your show. You know, so I do feel like you win them over with your talent. And then four years later, she was right. Right. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like you win them over with being a good jock and doing a really good job and working hard, regardless of what your time slot is. Yeah. So this is the first episode I've ever done where we were streaming it live on YouTube and Facebook. And at the same time, I'm going to repurpose this and put this into the podcast, which seems to be. I want to say all the rage, but it's just, you know, there's sort of a be everywhere mentality with podcasts. And you were mentioning that you like to do a little bit more video now. So what is your video strategy going forward? Well, we just, we turn the camera on much like this while we're talking to them. And then um, it's just a video version of the podcast, but it's a very different experience. Even when I've listened to ourselves, 
when editing clips or whatever, listening to it, you get a different vibe than when you watch it. And so it's an easy way to be in two different places at once. We also just launched our YouTube channel too. And uh, so we're thinking about maybe trying our best to try to generate different content just for YouTube. Because if you're a listener on Spotify, what's going to make you go and turn to YouTube and listen? You do have to pro provide people with an array of content. So we're going to probably think about doing some of that here in the near future. Originally, my idea was just to bring back, you know, people who've been on the podcast before and then, you know, just use the YouTube for that, which I will probably do. But at the same time, I wanted to have you both together and talk a about the success of the podcast, which has been uh, going now for, for over 200 episodes and as well. Uh, bring you both on as a pair, which is maybe what I should have done the first time. But, you know, who's got time to arrange all that? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> well, at the time, we had a lot of time to arrange that. <laughs> Ottawa's favorite podcast right here. Yeah. As Faces Magazine calls us. All right. Um, by the way, it, it'll be in the show notes about uh, any programmers or consultants who want to reach out and, and get you on their radio station. You guys should be back on the radio. Uh, you're kicking ass of this podcast. I'm glad, by the way, you did not. Uh, change your, you know, you know, try to put a radio brand into a podcast. It doesn't work. I'm glad you've you've done what you've done with this podcast, and the numbers speak for themselves. And congratulations for all that. We learned that real quick that radio wasn't going to work for it. And that's the thing is being be gentle with yourself if you do decide to launch a podcast. You are going to make mistakes. You are going to change things up. Don't be afraid to do that. There's nothing wrong with admitting that something's not working. Uh, the first five episodes of most podcasts really stink, including this one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> no, the first, the first, you, you'll change after four or five episodes. You'll change it seventeen. You'll change it fifty, and you'll change it one hundred. Yeah, I'll probably, I think that's you know, true. Probably, yeah, you change. There are these little benchmarks that you hit where you're going to want to change things up, and you have to. Well, and with podcasts, you are going to change as you grow, because the more popular we become, the better guests you can get or the more people are going to be reaching out for collaborations. So yes, it's going to be normal for you to change. Yeah. And and if you do have a co-host, it's a whole new ball game from when we were on air. Cause when we were on air on the radio, we had specific roles. Like Jenna said, our breaks were under two minutes. So we had very set things to say and get out and do, but now it's like, Oh, we can talk for an hour. And so you relearn what your roles are and when you're going to speak and when not. So I think we finally got into a really comfortable place with that where we're not on top of each other anymore. All right. Anything else you want to add? Cause I'm done. I'm out of questions. I'm out of everything. Well, if PDs or consultants want to reach out and tell us why we're also not getting picked up, I would be open yeah. to that feedback as well. Interesting. Because I don't know if that's the athlete mentality in me, but uh, you know, after a championship game, the coach rarely came off and said, you're awesome. You're perfect. You're great. It was, that was great, but, and I would love to know what it is that you know, maybe we're missing. I think that's a really, so if you do want to email us about that, contact Jenna, cause I don't want to hear it, <laughs> but uh, no, that's not true. I would like to hear too. And my theater background, I think lends itself to the athlete. The director is always telling you, this is what you could change to improve, be better. And I think that's why it drove me nuts that I filled in on those two different stations for six weeks. And then I never even got a, maybe you should work on this. It was just a, no, you're great. Just not the right fit. You know, what does that even mean? And we can connect the dots. Everyone has their own ideas. But like to be told point blank would be very helpful. Well, uh, Jenna, I think about your soccer career because uh, you were an intercollegiate soccer player, I believe. I was. Yes, I was a scholarship, yeah. scholarship playing soccer player in Alabama. 
And uh, Jesse, you've been on the stage many times uh, performing in comedy. And, and so really it comes down to feedback and it's something that I don't think we get enough of in radio. Exactly. And we're, we're a very unique duo because we're a role reversal. Yeah. I'm the girl <laughs> and she's the dude. <laughs> and finally, if you are thinking of starting a podcast, don't bother. There's too many of us out here. <laughs> I really would find something else to do. <laughs> there are actually, there's 1.25 million podcasts out there, but yours is one of the better ones. I enjoy it. Yeah. Oh, do it you. for the love, not for the fame. We'll see you around, guys. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Cheers.